0: Hey Paul, hey, how are you? Hey, what's going on everybody? Awesome. Man, we just just very honored you could join us today, man. When you think college football and SEC, you're the goat, man. You're the guy. Well, hey. well thank you. Uh I appreciate uh, the invitation. I'm glad we
1: could work it out. Let me uh is everything? There, is there I'm in a studio that's kind of unlit right now, so is this
0: okay? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so we'll we'll just get started. I mean, just to, as these guys are starting their journalism's career, man, just tell us kind of well, how you got started into journalism. You know, a lot of people know you from ESPN, but just your backstory a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, thank you. Uh, listen, uh, I went to school at the University of Tennessee and had no intention of, of ever getting into journalism. Uh, I was thinking about being a lawyer. Uh, as I was toward the end of my junior year, saw an ad in the school paper about, Uh, For a volunteer reporter, I went down and I'll I'll make a long story short. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I uncovered some scandal and they they hired me and uh, I quickly got into sports, had two offers getting out of college um, and took one uh, far the farthest away from where I was and spent the first half of my career as a as a really as a reporter, investigative reporter, later a columnist and then branched into radio and ultimately uh 10 years ago i got this show
2: yeah paul uh once again thank you for joining us it's such an honor and as jason just said you know um so all of us are wanting to pursue journalism kind of whenever we get older so what advice would you have for us
1: well, I think there's some basic uh, tenets of journalism, and and, and by the way, uh, not to sound like a professor, but journalism is a big word. What it what does it really mean? Uh, to me, journalism is trying to seek truth, trying to present it fairly and 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 respectfully, uh, and, and not being intimidated and 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 influenced. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not easy to do anymore. But my my, my advice is always uh, it's fairly it's fairly uh, basic and, and simple. Is uh, you know be curious, uh, be inquisitive. Always uh, there, there's always another question. I was when I got to ESPN, I was doing a, a an interview, and I I thought I was prepared, and things changed and. Uh, I was it went long and I frankly didn't have anything else to ask the guy. Uh, and afterwards, one of the uh, the executives said, you know, what happened? I said, well, uh, I thought I thought I was done. He said there, there's, there's there's an endless uh, amount of questions for anybody. Uh, it, it never it never ends. And I, and, I, and I think that's correct. So always be curious about things. Uh, you, have to, uh, you have to you have to be passionate. You probably heard that speech since you were uh, in high school. Um, but, I mean, you don't want to, this is not a field to get into just, just to do it. It's not like, uh, you know, you know, just a, a job. It, it's something that you really care about and, and, and you have to work with people. Uh, it's not always about you. I'm I do a, a show by myself, but on the weekends I do a show with four other people and it's like, uh, it's like if you're in the entertainment world, you're a singer, uh, you know, if you're in a band, uh, you got to. You have to get along, uh, and I think that's really important. Uh, a lot of times, people are standalone talents. I mean, I do a show on Saturday morning football season with Tim Tebow. He's one of the you know most uh, important college football players of all time. But you, on that show, in theory, we're we're just we're all we're all equal. Now, by the way, that's not true. Um, but you you have to at least go into it thinking
3: that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, Hey, I, I, Paul, I think you'd have been an excellent lawyer too. I've heard you uh, argue some great things in the past and Thank uh, you. Unco- And uncover some scandals. I really like the investigative journalism that you've done. You know, I was, I was alive during, you know, the Antonio Langham and all, all that stuff. So I just appreciate that, that part of it as well. Uh, I appreciate as OU fans, we, we heard the Switzer interview uh, yeah. with you and from the Tulsa world when he made the quote about OU joining the SEC. And honestly, some of the stuff I heard him say, I was a little bit shocked about the divorce from the program. You know, that was kind of language I didn't know I would expect from Barry Switzer. I didn't know that part of it. But can you talk about were you shocked at all by what he said? And maybe do you agree with what he said?
1: I was surprised. Um, and, you know, first of all, you have to love Barry Switzer. He's 82 years old and he still talks like he's uh, he's in the dorm at OU uh, I mean, and he probably still drinks like it, too. Um, <laughs> You know, he's an iconic figure who I think is concerned. And I think he's also hung up on Lincoln Riley. And listen, I'm not on your campus right now. I understand Lincoln Riley was was a big deal. uh, But let's not forget Lincoln Riley inherited a great program from Bob Stoops. So did Lincoln Riley cut and run? Sure, he did. Uh, You know, he knew the SEC. He knew it wouldn't be easy. But. To me, uh, this has been a move in the, in the workings for a long time. I, I said something about six or seven years ago. You guys may have been too young to have picked up on it, that at that, at that time, OU was making overtures to get in the SEC. I, I felt that very strongly, and, 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 the, and the sourcing on it was not somebody I ran into at a bar. It was, uh, okay. it was people at the highest level. It, it didn't happen, uh, but ultimately it did. So I think this has been something in the works for a long time. It just so happened to coincide with the crisis. If, if Lincoln had not left, uh, I think the school would have been in a lot better shape. Uh, I mean, you guys know it better than I do what went out the door uh, the day that Lincoln Raleigh left. Uh, only a Heisman yeah. Trophy winner, only a guy who led South Carolina to uh, you know, some pretty big big wins as well, and, and, and a lot of other players in addition to a bright coach. I mean, I, I don't think anybody knows yet uh, what, what the verdict will, will show on Venables, but ultimately o- Oklahoma will survive. It's, it's one of the great brands in college sports. And it was interesting to me though, I was in Dallas on Thursday uh, at, at an event uh, and, and the host of the event was the, uh, was the Dean of, of the university of Texas school of communication. And just talking to him and others I I did get the impression Texas is a little bit more excited right now. Why? I don't know. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian really hasn't shown very much. But uh, the only thing – I mean, the the winner over OU is pretty much it Mm -hmm. on his resume. But I think Oklahoma will will fit well into the SEC, probably
4: better than Texas in some ways. Yeah, Paul, uh, as far as the overall landscape of the SEC, how how do you think uh, OU and Texas kind of change that?
1: Well, I think – no school, no 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 conference has ever uh, in inducted two 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 members like this before. Uh, I mean, this is a powerful combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you look at any list of the top ten college football brands of all time, it, OU and Texas are on there, and you know it's it. So it, it's going to be a a a sea shift. Um, it comes at a time. And I'm so I'm so glad it's happening now in 24. Yeah, I think everybody was sick of waiting. I wish mm-hmm. it had happened earlier. Um, that that I think is it, is interesting because already from the moment that OU and Texas announced to the fact to the day they go in, uh, we've already seen a, a change. Alabama owned the league two years ago, Georgia does now. Yeah. So I think they'll fit in well. I, I think we, we have a pretty good idea what what the schedules are going to look like uh, with. With the, with the pods versus the divisions. I think that's helpful. Uh, I think it's a little bit more interesting for fans. But I think more than anything, uh, it, it's going to be an easy transition. Uh, it was a little tougher when Missouri came in. I mean, that was an odd fit. I mean, you guys understand that better oh, yeah. than I do. Because, but, I mean, Missouri was not a natural fit to the SEC. I think Oklahoma is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas, again, I mean, you guys are on the OU campus, but, I mean, Texas feels like it probably belongs in, in the NFC. Uh, with all of its uh, power and, and might. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the SEC is pretty excited to have both.
4: Yeah, Paul, uh, with OU was supposed to play Georgia this fall in Norman, and obviously that's canceled due to the SEC move and the, the unfairness of it being a non-conference matchup. Do you expect OU to play Georgia next year in the SEC?
1: Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to make that up pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, you remember they have the uh, ability to do anything they want with that schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, who will all you play? We know they're playing Texas. We know uh, uh, it's possible. Uh, I mean, what, you know, the, the Missouri, Arkansas, uh, A&M, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be some combination of that. So it's just a matter of how they decide to do it. Uh, the, the schedule, they're, they're going, even though they say that they're not, I mean, you know that they're going to try to help OU and Texas out the first year with big games. Uh, try to, it, it, you know, it's the first year of a new television contract, too. And uh, I, if I had to bet, I bet we see that game quickly,
4: yeah. And with uh, Kirby Smart in Georgia, everyone knows how that started year one, kind of struggled, they went eight and five and he was a long-time defensive coordinator for Saban, highly successful. And then you look at Brent Venables, uh, defensive coordinator, highly successful under Dabo Sweeney. Do you see any similarities between the two after Venables' uh, tough year one at OU?
1: I I think it's possible. I mean, the the first year of any coach is is so difficult. And I've had coaches tell me that – they, they don't ever understand the difference between being an assistant and, uh, and a head coach in, in, until they get there. And primarily it's about time. It's not so much the decisions. I mean, if you're, if you're Brent Venables and, and you made all those defensive calls at OU and, to, and, and at Clemson and national championship games, you know what you're doing. Uh, but the difference is you you've never had every single uh, decision uh, come to you and, 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 and the amount of time that it takes is probably enormous. And you, most of them overbook. They feel like they owe it to uh, boosters. They feel like they owe it to uh, alumni groups to go out and do everything. And there just simply isn't enough time. Uh, once you get once you get used to it, you realize I don't need to do that. You know, I mean, I, I don't mean this. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. But you know, there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of communities in, in Oklahoma that want the head coach to come visit them. And it's probably not a great idea for you to, if you're the head coach, to do that at every, yeah. every, everybody, every town in the first year. But it happens a lot. It takes a lot of time. And, and I think uh, you, may, you make mistakes because there's only so much you can do. You don't really – I don't think you, you have any idea how demanding it is. And I, I think he made a lot of mistakes last year. Yeah. Uh, you hope he, he can correct it. But the problem is if he doesn't, time becomes very short. Uh, nobody will put up for, with losing at, at OU.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely some t- uh, game management mistakes. I think that maybe he could rely on Bob Stoops, maybe uh, have some conversations because he's never been a head coach. But I was going to ask you, Paul, about SEC expansion. You know, OU in Texas now, how much more is there going to be? Or are they done? Uh,
1: I don't think they're done. Uh, and I think some of it depends on what else happens. Uh, I still believe the PAC... 12 is going to. Excuse me. The Big Ten is going to try to poach two more Pac-12 schools. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Oregon or Washington. Oregon.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's that. That's never done. Uh, it. Part of the reason why you don't want to do it too quickly is what we're going through right now. It takes forever to make this mm-hmm. work. And once you get this new schedule in, uh, the idea of three years down the road to add add more schools. Um, and frankly, uh, if you're the SEC, which is a league you guys care about now, mm-hmm. who fits? Uh, I mean, you don't. I mean, it's not like, I mean, look at what the Big 12 did US, UCF, Houston, uh, Cincinnati, and BYU. None of those schools fit in the SEC. So, so who does? I mean, I, the only ones, I, I mean, Notre Dame is the biggest, but Notre mm-hmm. Dame, you know, if Clemson, maybe? We go to the Big Ten. Uh, so the SEC essentially is looking at Miami, Florida State, Clemson, maybe uh, North Carolina. And right now the ACC is probably hanging on, not not
4: not doing well, but hanging on. Are you for the 12 team playoff or do you think it may lead to uh, maybe more blowouts like we saw in that national championship team with Georgia and TCU?
1: Yeah, I'm for it, but but let me assure you guys, there's no sound reason to be for it. I mean, I, if I if I was uh, trying to make my argument in a senior debate class uh, in Norman, I would, I would I would get an F because you can't you can't back it up. But what you do is you you may not you may not be able to avoid blowouts, uh, but you do add an element to the to the to college football that we've never had before. And I mean, think about all the. It's not. It's not only the 12 schools that are involved. It's another eight or 10 that are trying to to get in. So you you have uh, instead of maybe six schools trying to get into the 14 playoff, you may have 20 trying to get in. Uh, what makes the NFL work? It it's because there's so many things. There's so many different combinations. Uh, if you're living in uh, in Dallas or you're a Cowboys fan, you, you may not have the number one seed, but you know, what what are you playing for on week on week yeah. sixteen and seventeen? You you may be playing for either a first round bye, home field. So there's always something uh, at stake, and I think that's what will motivate and
4: electrify college fans as well. Yeah, how many uh, SEC teams are you expecting every year in that twelve? Well,
1: I think it, 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 I mean, I think three is a good, a good baseline. It could go higher some years. I mean, this year, uh, obviously Alabama, Georgia would have been in. I think Tennessee and LSU, possibly. Mm-hmm. So you probably would have had four the first year if this had been the year. But it, but it I, I mean, I, I just think college football needs a, re, a reboot. When you think about it, I mean, yeah, you guys are fans in Oklahoma. I, I live in the South. Uh, but I've also spent a lot of time in New York and you have to get people in New York and Chicago, L.A., the big markets, something more to wrap their arms around than what we have now. And that's what that, that's the main reason they did it. It's going to be a very valuable uh, you know, destination point for TV, which which dominates the sport.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Paul. So as we as we all know, you're very familiar with the SEC I mean, you've gone everywhere in the SEC. Do you have a favorite environment when it's like tailgating, maybe game day environment that you've got to experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds cliche because uh, I have been to all of them <laughs> quite a few times, I might add. Um, but I think for fans of Oklahoma, uh, you'll find you'll find Georgia to be really cool. Uh, in terms of, yeah, I always get, you know, you always hear people say uh I don't want to pick one, but I'm, I'm listen, I'm, not, I'm, I'm past that point in my life where I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to offend some, some, some city. Uh, Athens is probably the best. I mean, if you go to the game go after the game or the night before the game, I think Athens might be your best destination. It is, it is the quintessential college city. Uh, it's small, but it's got everything. It's also easy to get to because it's, it's an hour away from Atlanta. Um, I went to Tennessee, so uh, I, I do think there are certain elements of Tennessee that, that are different than any other place. Uh, get, you're, you're at the foot of the mountains, you're on a river. Uh, the, the, the stadium is, is right below a big a big hill, so there there's some elements there. Alabama is Alabama. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I, I talked, I, I I did both the uh, this was long before you guys were around, but 20 years ago, Alabama played a two game set with Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. uh went out to Norman and uh and, and then Oklahoma fans came and that that and there's just nothing quite like going to the Alabama campus. You see yeah. the Bryant Museum. Well, you know, a lot of history there. Um so I mean that's a start. Uh you know, it, it so, sometimes it just depends on the game. I mean I've been to some great venues for bad games and you can't you can't save the weekend if uh if you go to Arkansas and they're 3 and 8 uh, I mean, there's. I mean, I, I know, I know that you you hear the cliche. There's no
4: such thing as a bad game. Well, I've been to a lot of bad games. I'll disagree. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned two uh, schools that this question is about on Georgia and Alabama. So with the new format, it's looking like every team's going to play everyone every other year. So within two years, you're going to play everyone. Uh, how excited are you on the Georgia Bama matchup? Pretty much every other year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a game we don't see very often. Uh, but, you know, We saw, uh, I'm trying to think, in, I think in COVID, Alabama played Georgia during the regular season. And then there was a two-game set. Uh, but, but that is a game you rarely see. So, yeah, that, that, that could be epic. I mean, there are a lot of games that I, I think uh, that, that add. I mean, I, I remember I went with uh, Alabama to Florida a couple of years ago, and they had not been down there in 10 years. I mean, that, that's, that's a long time not to play someone. So, yeah, I, I mean, mostly, uh, you know, you, everyone knows how the, the divisional matchups are. And the and I mean, some of the, I mean, some of the rivalries are really cool. Uh, LSU-Florida, that's a game you hate to lose. Auburn-Georgia, uh, Alabama-Tennessee. But I mean, raise your hand if you're really sorry to see the Ole Miss-Vanderbilt game go off the schedule on a regular basis.
0: Can't. <laughs> I don't see yeah. any hands. Yeah. Hey, hey, Paul, the, on the Saturday morning, the game day, the SEC Nation, like you talked about being part of a team and all that. And it just looks like I mean, you all have a blast together, just kind of that day. Is that a just a fun day or does it feel like a work day? How is that for you? No, you try to you try to have you,
1: you, you, what you want to do. Uh, I spent my first year at ESPN on college game day. Um because uh the SEC network had not launched. So I mean I was not an integral part of the show, don't misunderstand me. I mean I, but I was I travel with them and I I, I watch them and there there seems to be a chemistry on that show, but off the other's not, let me assure you. Um hope everybody quotes me on that. Um on on on, on SEC huh. Nation there is a camaraderie. Uh you know, bow and I have been doing the show since its inception uh laura has been on the show most of the time uh, roman and jordan are uh more recent but they what i try to do uh more on that show than any show i've ever been on is to make other people better now if if that's the goal of of, of the of the talent this is something that you guys really ought to think about as you go on with your career everyone's always thinking well how, how do i shine uh, you know how do i get the bigger line well you can do you can do that but if you're part of an ensemble uh if you're on saturday night live or if you're on some other show uh or or, or a sitcom you're you have to make the other person look good otherwise uh you know they, they can make you look really bad so I, I try to do that i i often get criticized by my bosses like why don't you say more well i what I, i'm doing a lot more than maybe you see mm-hmm. uh but you know i know t te- i mean you know Tebow is, is, is an iconic figure. My, you know, I, when I, I realize I know his cadences I mean, he's, he's very excitable. Uh, he's passionate. So I, I can kind of feel uh, out of the, out of my, my, my peripheral vision. Uh, if I'm about to say something, but he's, he's coming up, uh, just calm down. Cause he, he, you know, you, you have to let Tim be Tim. I mean, I know that sounds like a cliche, but it's also uh, it's, it's part of the reality of of a show like that. And, and I, and, and on the other hand, you know, we, we, we have fun together. And I think, I think that's the key is to make it look like it's fun versus, uh, you know, that you're out there being miserable. I've been on shows when everybody was miserable. I've been on shows when, uh, nobody liked each other. Uh, the camera does not, the the camera doesn't blink. Uh, you cannot fake that. Yeah.
3: I know, uh, 2023 in September is a big deal from what I've read too. a new book. uh, Sounds like maybe publishing uh, one of your new books on the Nick Saban. Is that, is that going to be happening September, 2023? And, and if it is, can you maybe talk to us about uh, the things I've read was maybe the feud between Jimbo and, and also some NIL stuff. Is that, is that in the works?
1: Well, I did agree to that. Um, uh, Don't hold your breath on seeing it on time. Um, But, Primarily because, guys, the story changed very quickly. Uh, when that happened, uh, I got a call two days, the next day actually, from an agent I had not talked to in years. And uh, next thing you know, I'm talking to a New York publisher, and they're throwing around—I'll try to say this modestly—significant uh, money. Um, and so you're you're enticed by a project, uh, but on the day but what happened? Uh, Jimbo Fisher literally fell off the face of the earth. Uh, his feud with Nick Saban became irrelevant. So, uh, I've had to go back and reassess that. Um, and I, I will tell you that I did learn a lot about that, those two or three days, which were unlike anything we had ever seen in, in, in college football. The, uh, the idea of, of a coach, you know, Calling out the goat. I mean, he he flat out called Dick Saban a cheater. Um, it was it was pretty cool. To w- it was it was it was really unbelievable to watch in real time. Um, and uh, look at J- look at Jimbo Fisher now. He's just hired Bobby Petrino.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Paul. We've seen you on uh, First Take, and sometimes with Stephen A. Actually, a lot of the time it gets heated on there. So I'm just kind of curious, like how it is. You know, when it cuts to a commercial, is it still heated, or maybe kind of what goes on behind the scenes on that show?
1: Uh. I'll try to answer this question as diplomatically as I can. Uh, Steven and they are very close friends. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot of theater theater that goes into that show. Um, That doesn't mean we're not passionate, but I know. And he knows, I know him and he knows me. What what does that mean? It means that when we get out there, we have fun with it. Uh, I almost know his lines and he knows mine. I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's acting. It's not, but, but, you, you also have to be respectful, and I, I'm always in awe of him because I have never been on a show with anybody quite like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he you could say, Stephen A, uh, you know, it's cloudy outside, and he would argue for 20 minutes that the sky is blue, and he would have you convinced that it is. Uh, he's that good. Uh, I'm not that great on that because, I, I mean, I, I realize, is, that, is this stuff really that important? With Stephen A, it's, he argues every point like it's life or death. I, I haven't quite gotten to that point, but we have a great time together. And it's probably one of my favorite shows because no matter where you go in the country, somebody will stop you and go, man, you you tell Stephen A. I mean, he, I mean he's, there, there is no figure in sports like him uh, right now.
4: Yeah, yeah uh, a little bit of a transition off of football for a sec. Uh, this week, college baseball season started. And uh, top 25, seven out of the 10 teams are from the SEC and then overall nine SEC teams ranked. So is it time to say that the SEC baseball uh, is better than SEC football? Uh, it
1: might be better uh, on paper, uh, but, but I don't think anything's ever going to replace football. And w- one thing you you guys, uh, you know, I mean, I, kn- I know how successful women's softball is out there and I know I know all sports are important, but... They're on, on almost any given Friday night or Saturday in in, in, in the SEC that they take baseball very seriously. Uh, everybody's got a new stadium. Uh, everybody had to. I mean, it was, it's an arms race. I mean, you just simply you know, couldn't let somebody else get a better stadium. And I think the most I, I, the ironic thing is that that Mississippi State and All Miss won World World Series back to back. And the story on All Miss is maybe the most unbelievable. They were on the verge of not making the tournament, and the coach was going to get fired. By the way, there, this, that's not a that's not an urban legend. That's fact. He was on the verge of getting fired, and he survives and wins the whole thing. Um, so, in some ways, yeah, statistically it's better. But uh, I mean, I but. But I even hear. Well, what if someone? I was on a show uh, today in Alabama. They said, "What do you think would what, what happen if Alabama won the national championship of basketball?" I say it would be great, but it's not going to change football. You guys saw a no.
4: Final Four team a couple of years ago.
1: Did it really change anything? No. no, no, no.
4: Yeah, mentioning Ole Miss baseball certainly hurts for us. That was a a tough series for sure. We, I, I really thought we were going to win it, and that Ole Miss team. I mean, what a story, really. With that, on how from the last team in to national champion.
1: Yeah, a, no, I mean it's, uh, but it, but it's a it's a tournament sport, which uh, yeah. makes it more unpredictable, which is why f- people like March Madness and college baseball, and and why some people get bored with college football. I don't, um, but you know it it doesn't appeal to to everyone. Although I think it seems like almost everyone.
0: Yeah, and you would never have a you would never have a twelve seed win the college football playoff, in my opinion? What do you think? Art, yeah, sure it's hard, hard to
1: imagine hard. that happening. I mean, when you think of college, uh, upsets in college football, there really are very few. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've watched a lot of double-digit teams beat Alabama, but it, they're usually isolated. Um, there's, You just don't, I mean, you don't see that just shocker, like how in the world did that happen? Right. Well, I mean, I, I could give you a couple of examples of how it, it does happen, but the odds of it happening in a game that matters, and that, that's the difference. It's one thing you you lose your opener and you're simply unprepared. You're not paying attention because you have a bigger game the next week. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe that would happen in a college football playoff.
2: Yeah. yeah, Yeah, Paul. So speaking of like college football and basketball and baseball and all the other sports, as you've been covering the SEC for a long time, do you have a favorite player or team that you've ever gotten to cover?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I, listen, I've been, I've done this a long time. So I was able to cover Bo Jackson at Auburn. Yeah. Uh, one of the, I mean, truly remarkable. I mean, I covered every, every game of his I also got to cover Cam Newton for that one year at Auburn, which I don't know if I've ever seen a player during a singular season uh, have that type of impact. Uh, Manziel did in a way uh, yeah. when Johnny was at a and uh, the game against Alabama was one of the most electrifying performances uh, I've ever seen. I mean, Tebow was standalone uh, because of, you know, you know, Tebow was a lot more than just his athleticism. Uh, Tebow was a symbol. Uh, it was a symbol for young people about how to live your life. He was a symbol for athlete, athletes about uh, how to overcome. But so, I mean, I think those are a handful. I, I didn't see, uh, you know, some of the greats of yesteryear, but uh, I I've, I've seen enough uh, and, and I would say uh, I, I did, I did catch a little bit of Herschel Walker as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Herschel and Bo I and mean, they played against each other one year. I mean, you think about, uh, it, w- it was 82, I believe. You think about two of the greatest running backs in college football history uh, up against each other. Now I realize you guys have seen quite a bit uh, as well. Um, but uh, those are just a couple of uh, quick, quick hits from, from the, the greatest hits category.
4: Yeah, Paul, uh, we only have a couple more questions for you. And with the transfer portal this offseason, one thing that really stuck out to me is what Ole Miss did in the quarterback room. They brought in two really quarterbacks you would expect to start somewhere. But in the reality, only one gets to start. So who are you expecting Jackson Dart to be the starter again this year?
1: No, uh, I don't think so. And I think that's really the, the challenge that, that Kiffin has and everybody has now in, fall, in spring. Uh, because if you, uh, I mean, we see this, we used to see this all the time where coaches would drag their feet and uh, they would, uh, before the season, they wouldn't name a starter. You know, it'll be a game day decision. Nobody believes that. It's harder to do that now because you have to be fair. And if it's pretty obvious in spring uh, that Jackson Dart is a third-team quarterback, then what's he going to do? Uh, I mean, he got uh, you know, he got replaced. Uh, you remember uh, a couple of years ago, who was it, Matt? Uh, who was the guy that uh, –
3: Matt Cor- Corral. Yeah, Matt Corral, yeah. yeah. I mean, he
1: took over for uh, Plumley, who was the starter, and Plumley was, was gone pretty quickly. And, and I think you have to be honest with players nowadays. You just can't lead them on. And, it, by the way, it's hard to it, – I mean, everybody at, at a, i mean, you guys have played sports. I mean, usually you know what's going on. You don't need the coach to say, okay, this
4: guy's the starter. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's Sanders or Walker Howard?
1: I, I don't really – I mean, if, I've, I've had to guess it might be Howard just based on height, but uh, I, I really uh, – I'm not positive. Um, I know one thing about Lane Kiffin, though. I mean, he, he is a smart quarterback coach. He's, he's yet to uh, complete the circle in terms of – you know, being a complete head coach. I mean, I thought last year was an abomination the way that season got away. I mean, what they lose five straight. Uh, so uh, he, uh, I have no doubt though. When it comes to a
4: quarterback, though he he will find he, he will find the best one, the one that's going to win. Yeah, this past year with Oklahoma State, you've had some uh, kind of harsh words to say about that program. And what are your thoughts on like the mass exodus that they had in the transfer portal?
1: I think that's a real problem. Uh, I mean, I, listen, it would be, I'd be disingenuous to say I was, uh, a fan of Mike Gundy. Um, I I find his, some of his public, uh, behavior to be, uh, embarrassing. And, you know, the whole thing a couple of years ago was, was ridiculous. Um, and, but that's fine. Uh, I, you know, I don't, you don't have to, I don't have to like everyone. Um, I've been to Stillwater. Uh, I covered, I did a game day there once in, in the ice and, in frigid temperatures they were uh so i mean i've got a good taste of uh, still water on a 27 degree uh freezing rain sleet and snow game day you guys would love it there i'm sure um and uh but but i think he's at a crossroads right now he's had a number of opportunities to get out he chose to stay and he may have stayed in too long yeah yeah
0: hey paul this it's just been an honor to have you on we really appreciate it man just just means a lot. So thank you very much. Great insight as always. Thanks for joining us.
1: It's my pleasure. Listen, uh, I really appreciate the invitation. I'm glad we could work it out today. And uh, you guys holler anytime. I can't wait for you guys to get in the league.
0: All right. Appreciate Appreciate it.